Open your Bibles, if you would, to Matthew chapter 12. We'll begin in verse 33, Matthew 12, 33. While you're turning there, I just want to thank everybody, with, along with Pastor Rick, for watching online. Thank you for everybody in here. More than anything, I just want to honor Pastor Rick. I love him so much. Pastor, you're the best pastor in the world. He really is. He really is. I say it all the time, but I mean it. And I'm just very grateful to share in ministry with him and serve under his cover. It is a blessing. Amen? How many of you enjoyed the Redemption Series? It was awesome. And I'm excited about the blessing this week. We'll start Matthew chapter 12 and verse 33. I'm excited about this. It's going to be a really good practical teaching tonight. Uh, but it should put everybody in a good mood. So that's real good. Amen? Let's start in verse 33. This is Jesus talking. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Now he speaks to the Pharisees. Brood of vipers, how can you, these are the Pharisees now, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Here's our key verse. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure, brings forth evil things. But I say to you, for every idle word men speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. Again, we'll take our key verse from verse 35. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things. I'm going to teach tonight a simple topic, good things. Somebody say that, good things. Good things. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you tonight. We're so thankful that we feel you in this building. We know those that are watching feel you wherever they are at. And God, I pray that your anointing take over. It's your anointing that breaks the yoke and sets captives free. More than anything, God, I pray you challenge our thinking tonight, challenge our perspective, challenge our outlook, challenge how we speak, challenge the outflow of our heart. God, you are good. It is your nature. And so, God, we pray we can be just like you and we can be good too. God, I pray that you put a blessing on this. Say what you want to say tonight in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Good things. Tonight, I want to encourage you in good things. Uh, throughout this brief dialogue, my intention is to provide uh, some principles and practices that maybe you can adopt and apply to your life and produce good things. So let's start right there. Let's start right there. In order to understand any of this, let's start with the idea of good, of good. We're going to start with a simple definition. Good is what one, someone clings to what somebody clings to. Good is of favorable character, bountiful, or fertile. Now, these are definitions you can pull right out of Webster's Dictionary. It's of, of a favorable character, bountiful, and fertile. Good is superior to average. Good is superior to average. It is positive, and it is desirable in its nature. God is Good. God is good. When he started, he created everything 
with what he said. And everything he said, he saw. And when he saw it, he said that what he saw was good. As a matter of fact, the way the Bible reads is, and God saw it was good. When he saw something that wasn't good, because here's what he said. He said, it isn't good for man to be alone. He didn't say it was bad. He said it isn't good for man to be alone. And then he made something else to transform what wasn't good into good. So when he saw something that wasn't good, his first response wasn't to say, man, I messed up. It wasn't to say, this is not, this is bad. He simply said this isn't good, and his immediate response was to make something else to transform it into good. God never said it was bad. He just said it wasn't good. Why? Because God is good, and he only produces good things. Somebody say good things. Good things. All of us desire to live a life that are full of good things. We want good times. We want a good spouse. We want good finances. We want good health. We want a good teacher. We want a good boss. We want a good church. We want a good pastor. We want good food, praise the Lord. We want good things. We want good things. We all desire good things. However, on every platform and every input, all we hear is bad news. Is bad news. So I kind of want to talk through something I wrote here. It's I wrote this, enough bad news produces a bad outlook on life. A bad outlook on life will result in a bad attitude. A bad attitude is attracted to negativity and refuses to recognize the positive. A lack of positive energy in a person's life will result in fear. Fear produces anxiety that ultimately becomes depression. Depression's goal is hopelessness. Hopelessness will always bear bad fruit. However, if we speak good things, it produces a positive outlook on life. A good outlook on life will result in a good attitude. Good attitude, a good attitude refuses to recognize the negative... And is attracted to the positive. An abundance of positive energy in a person's life produces faith. Faith produces hope. And a person full of hope, for a person full of hope, anything is possible. Proverbs 13, 12 tells us, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a longing fulfilled brings what? A tree of life, And that's where Jesus started, a tree of life. He said, it either make it good and it bear good or make it bad and it bear bad. So he focuses on this tree. Say good things. So in our text, Jesus is addressing the Pharisees. Jesus is addressing the Pharisees. Pharisees were the religious people of his day. They were the ones that ran the church or ran uh, Judaism as they knew it, right? Uh, a misconception that a lot of people have is that when Jesus came, he came to bring a, a revolution in government, 
in, in government. And the, it, the reality is that's not what he came to do at all. He came to establish or reestablish the dominion mandate that God set out in the very beginning and to bring his kingdom here on earth. So if you see him combat anything, you always see him combating the religious people. That's what he combats, religious people. And so he brings, he starts this, or he gets to this dialogue right here with these Pharisees, and he brings a focus to these trees. And it's out of nowhere. If you read the whole chapter, you'll realize that when he says, either make the tree good or make it bad, it's out of nowhere because he's talking to the Pharisees directly. But in this moment, he shifts his dialogue, and I believe he started talking to his followers and his disciples in this moment. Of course, he refers back to them because he says, you brood of vipers. But I think that was kind of a caveat in the moment. A lot of times we read scripture and we just read it nonchalantly, not realizing that the red letters really do mean Jesus was talking in that moment. So he changes his focus. We don't read it with the pauses or the inflection or however he was delivering it. But I believe at this moment he stopped and stood back and looked at his disciples and said, either make it good or make it bad. Why? Because he's referencing a whole dialogue he had with them just a few chapters earlier. In Matthew 7, he addresses his disciples and all the multitude that are listening to him. He's, he's warning them about false prophets. And listen to what he says. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do not pick, do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? They don't. Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree, listen, this is important right here, this sentence. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit. And a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, by their what? Their fruit, what they produce, you will recognize them. And so when Jesus starts this dialogue, I think he's bringing out an object lesson for his disciples and his followers. He's showing them, look, how can he tells them, you brood of vipers, you evil people. How can you speak good things? How can you bear good fruit? So he brings this contrast. The first contrast is good and bad. Either make the tree good or make it bad. Right? So good in this context, the Greek word, means beautiful, beneficial. Here's the, here's the, big, the big definition. Valuable. Make it valuable. The word bad here means to make worthless or of no value. To make worthless of, of no value. The second contrast Jesus makes in this chapter here is not just good and bad, but good and evil. Good and bad and good and evil. The reason that's important is because it's a different word. He's, in verse 35, he says a good man produces and then an evil man produces. So let's look at that. Good. Of good constitution or of good character. Pleasant. Joyful, honorable, distinguished, excellent. These are definitions of good in this context. So when he's speaking concerning trees, he's talking about the value 
and what it produces. When he speaks about the man, he's talking about his character. So, again, he speaks to the tree, it's bad, or it produces something of no value. The word evil here means full of labors, or full of annoyances, or full of hardships. Another way to say that is a complainer. Diseased or of a bad nature, it implies this is what they produce. They produce an annoyance. And annoyance. They produce hardships. They produce hardships or disease, dis-ease. So when I looked at this, the, to me, the context of everything that is spoken here, Jesus is referring to the words that are being spoken through the whole thing. The words that are being spoken out of the abundance of the heart. And we always like to pull that scripture out of this context and just use it by itself. But Jesus says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What he's referencing here is what are you producing? What is coming up out of you? How are you living? Where is your character? It's not a moment where we get an aha, we caught you because you said a bad word. No, it has nothing to do with that. Because you can have a whole tree full of fruit and there's one bad apple. All you got to do is pick it off and throw it away. That doesn't make the tree a producer of bad fruit. When the tree produces all bad fruit, the best thing to do is to get all the bad fruit off, prune it back, and wait for the next season. So the first mention of good and evil, again, is referencing a tree. In Genesis chapter 2, first mention of good and evil. There was the tree of life, and there was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God distinguishes these two trees. The tree of life is where you go to for wholeness, restoration, recovery, nourishment. That's where you go to. And as a matter of fact, God gave them free reign to go to any other tree in the garden except for one. One, he restricted them from the tree, listen, not the tree of, the, of good and evil, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Literally means the ability to recognize, see, or differentiate the difference between good and evil. This has been the fight of religion since Genesis chapter 3. We're always trying to delineate, divide, see who's good, who's bad, who's behaving, who's not behaving. Who's on the right side? Who's on the left side? Who's doing right? Who's doing wrong? We're constantly trying to find a label that we can put on it. We want to tag you with a label so we can define who you are. Because we need to be able to decipher on our own, are you good or are you bad? And Jesus said it's not about all that. It's about the fruit that they produce. If they don't eat it, they never know the difference. As far as they would have been concerned, everything they did would have been good. If they don't partake in that fruit. We seem to gravitate towards the tree that segregates and divides and takes away than the tree that produces life and joy. And this is what Jesus is dealing with when he approaches here. The reason why I'm hammering on religion at the beginning of this is because I'm hammering a, a, a mindset. I think it's important that even individually that we hammer these mindsets because religion can set in and it's not so much about how uh, we're judged from somebody else, right, or how we judge somebody else, but how we judge ourselves. Yeah. 
You know, religion does that to you. And you can get set up into a box with that. And that's where Jesus is right here. Jesus, at the beginning of the whole chapter, Jesus is with his disciples there, and they're hungry. And they're in a field. And so they start picking corn and eat corn. And the Pharisees are like, ah, you can't eat corn on the Sabbath. And Jesus is like, come on, chill out. It's all good. You remember David. He went in. His warriors retired. They went and they ate the, the bread off the show table. You know, they, they weren't the table of showbread. They ate the bread there. They weren't supposed to do that either. But you don't, you don't crucify David for that. It's all good. No big deal. Well, he moves on. And there's a man who's possessed of a devil. And he deals with this man and he casts the devil out. And immediately they get onto him again. You're not supposed to do that on the Sabbath day. And Jesus gives them another example. Hey, if I put you in this context and you lost this, wouldn't you go do something about it? Of course you would, because it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. It's all good. It's all good. And then they condescend to him and they say, This fellow. They don't even have the honor to call him by his name. They call him this. I can't even imagine not knowing the name of Jesus. I can't even imagine not knowing that power in my life. Be careful when you condescend to people. You may be stripping Jesus off their life. Be very careful in your condescending tones because that's not how Jesus sees it. Be careful when you condescend to yourself. Because that's not how Jesus sees it. And so in this, they try to label what God's good work was as evil by saying, well, it's by Beelzebub that he cast this devil out. And that's what kind of sets Jesus off. Jesus goes off on these folks about division and how a house divided within itself cannot stand. And he goes on this speech, and that's where we arrive at this moment. And he stops. And he looks at his disciples, and he says, Either make the tree good or make it bad. Here's what I believe he was saying. You have the power within yourself to produce out of your life whatever you want. You have that choice. So let's, let's work through some principles here. Number one, make it happen. Somebody say make it happen. Good things. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for a tree is known by its fruit. He said make. It literally means to construct, to form, or to author. To construct, to form, or to author. To author means to form words that tell the story. To form words that tell the story. That's where we finished on Sunday morning was about telling your story. Too many people are quiet about the things that God has gone through, and they're loud about what they're facing. Instead of saying, God has given me victory and I can have victory in this right here. So he said, make the tree good or make it bad. He leaves us with this idea that we have the power to decide and produce what fruit comes out of our life. We have the power to decide and produce what fruit comes out of our life. In Genesis 1, God says, let us make man in our image. Let us make him in our likeness and that he may have dominion. That he may be fruitful and that he may multiply. We were made like God, and I, I like to say this, and God has a way of making things happen. We were made like God, and God has a way of making things happen. Yeah. What I just said is, you have the ability to make things happen. Before we knew God as Savior, before we knew him as Deliverer, before we knew him as Healer, 
Before we knew him as redeemer, we knew God as creator. And God created. It's the first thing we know him as. He is created. In the beginning, God created. He is creative. Creative. He has the ability and the power to create, to be productive. If we were made in his image and we were made in his likeness, then creativity is not a gift that you have. Creativity is an innate DNA character trait of your life. It is in you. You have creative power setting in you. We like to say because somebody can draw good that they are creative, and if somebody can't, that they are not. That is not the case. Creativity extends far beyond any, any creative arts that we can display up on the stage or on these screens. Creativity is an innate character trait that's down deep inside of you, and he created everything by his word, by his word. Isaiah 55, 11. His word goes forth and accomplishes the purpose for which it was sent. We know he created everything by his word. If he was creative in that way and he had the power to speak to things and they become what they are supposed to be, then you know what? We have that same power too. And I think we overthink that because what we want to do is we want to try to prophesy millions into our future. And we want to prophesy these material things into our future. And it's really not that deep. It's more along the lines of we start calling things that are in our life what they're not supposed to be at all. Either make the tree good or make it bad. He made it and it was good. It was good because that's what he said it was. He could have said it was great. He could have said, and you know, side note, we need to be careful with our adjectives. God didn't make the world and said, oh my God, that's amazing. He wasn't amazed. He said that was good. That was good. He didn't say it was bad. He said it was good. He didn't say it was incredible. He said it was good. You know what? It's really hard to get better than good. Really hard to get. So either make the tree good or make it bad. You are the one that possesses the power in your life to make it good or bad. So later on in this talk, he says, for the words, for by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. Justified means freedom or innocence. Condemned means guilty or bondage. So here's the way I want to read this. For by your words, you can set yourself free. Or by your words, you can put yourself in prison. You have the, the ability to decide to live in freedom or to live in bondage. Many people live, there, live in the prison of their own words. They can't figure out why things won't change. Yet they never engage the creative nature of their spirit. What you see is a result of what you say. And God said, and then God saw that it was good. Make it happen in your life. So let's move on. So a good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things. Let's talk about the treasure of his heart. Treasure literally means a deposit or a depository. It's a place where things are stored up. His heart is his thoughts. A lot of times heart and mind are synonymous in Scripture. It's important that you understand that. And so when he, when he says the treasures of his heart, he's talking about the treasures of his mind and the treasures of his feelings. Here's some feelings and thoughts. Rejection, depression, mistakes, disappointment, success, promotion, increase. All of those words 
generate thoughts or feelings in each of us. All of those words generate an experience or a memory in our minds. And here's the thing. Every experience, every thought, every feeling in our life has the ability to produce good or bad. Every single one. A lot of times we don't have the ability or the power in that moment to decide whether what it produces is good or bad. But here's what we do have. So the question is not, what did it produce? The question is, what did you retain from the experience? For out of the treasure of his heart, the good treasure, is what he brings forth. It's easy to retain and store up bitterness from rejection. It's easy to store up defeat from disappointment. It's easy to store up a victim mentality from mistakes. Take inventory of your treasury, throw out the bad, and keep the good. Then maintain a practice of storing the good. That is easy, easy, easy to say and very, very hard to live. The people that live the happiest are the people that decide, I'm taking a positive outlook on everything that happens here. Because what I want to see is going to be what I say. So if I keep calling this thing bad, that's what it's going to be. If I keep condescending to this experience, that's what it's going to be. Something that belittles me. It is time that the people of God make stronger choices mentally. And stop allowing the circumstances and what we're walking through to dictate how we see and how we speak and how we live. We need to rise above those things. Somebody say good things. things. Philippians 4.8. Finally, brother, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue, any virtue, if there be any praise, think, think, think on these things. And the God of peace will be with you. That's how you maintain a good storage of good things if you have to just memorize that and every time you're going through a tough time just say it to yourself or read it to yourself that's what you need to do maybe you just need to take up the saying good things i watched a movie that's where i kind of got the the title good things i don't even remember the name of the movie but there were a bunch of italians in the movie and every time every time the guy went and talked to the boss and the boss liked what he said the boss said good things good things good things so maybe just just Adopt a little saying, good things, good things. This brings me to my last point, good things, good things. Verse 34, verse 35, good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. Brings forth that which flows out of or is the the flow that comes from one's life, the outpouring of one's life. That brings forth good things, useful things. The word literally means useful. What you can use in your life. Verse 33, when Jesus is addressing this, bad fruit and bad things and good fruit and good things to me are synonymous. Because it's what's coming out of you. It's what you're producing. And so when he addresses the the bad fruit, I can't help but think before there's a fruit, there has to be a seed. Before there's a fruit, there has to be a seed. If you want your life to be full of good things, you must first ask yourself some serious questions. Here they are. What seeds have I allowed to be planted in my life? Who's planting the seeds? 
Who gets to pick them? Do I have an organized garden in my life? Or do I just have a random field full of stuff? If you're going to order fruit from, I don't even know what those, fruit people. <laughs> if you're going to order fruit from fruit people, you're going to go to their orchard, right? And you're going to see them trees are in a row. They're in a perfect row. And they're perfectly distanced apart so they don't interrupt each other's growth. They're close enough to synergize, but they're far enough apart that they can produce properly. And they're all in line. If you go out here to see one of these cornfields, all those corn stalks are in a line. They're perfectly lined up. My question is to you, do you have a, a corn stalk and, and then a peach tree? And, and then you're trying to grow a vineyard over here and, and hoping it produces something in your life? Or do you have some kind of order? In your life, you have somebody that's putting the seeds down the right way. Are you putting the seeds down the right way? Are you allowing the weeds to come up? Are you treating the field? Are you putting pesticides out there so that the, the pests don't come and ruin your crop? Are you pulling the weeds out so they don't get intermingled with the roots and kill the, the produce of what you're trying to do? What are those weeds? Those weeds are found on your Facebook timeline and on the news feed every day. And, and they're found when you're at the water jug at work, if you even go to work right now, and you're talking to somebody, and they're just pouring out all their negative stuff on you. Or you're on the phone with a family member, and they're telling you everything that's going wrong in their life. And, and you start feeling bad because of it. Those are weeds that are killing the produce of your field. What seeds have I planted in my life? Ask yourself that question. Is the ground of my heart ready to produce fruit? Have I tilled the ground? Have I gotten the ground ready to even produce anything? Or is it really going to produce weeds? What if I'm doing everything I know to be right? Josh, I appreciate all the questions. I appreciate everything you said. The reality is I feel that I'm doing everything right. I got my ducks in a row, or my corn in this case, and I'm doing everything the right way. But everything seems to be going bad around me. It doesn't make sense. It's interesting because we're talking about good things, right? right. And Romans teaches us that all things yeah. work yeah. together yeah. to produce good things, all right. to produce the good in our life, right? Yeah. So no matter what you're going through, what situation you're facing, whatever mistake you've made, even your mistakes, God meant it. For your good, just like Joseph's story. Amen. So watch this. Christian shared this with me today, and I love this. A tree in the wintertime, you know, has no leaves, right? It's bare. If you look at a tree in the winter, it almost looks dead. It looks like it can't produce anything. The reality is that tree is very much alive. What happened with the tree is all the nutrients that went out to the branches retreated back into the trunk, back into the source of the tree. Because in the source, it knew the nutrients would be preserved and would be able to last the season that is not conducive to bearing fruit. And so it will last the winter season, hidden in the source, so that when spring comes, it can bloom again. 
The branches aren't dead. They just allowed themselves to retreat into the source. Sometimes your bad season is there just to remind you who your source is. Jesus said in John 15 that he is the vine and we are the branches. And sometimes, man, we produce bad things. Sometimes we even call out bad things. Sometimes we even go through rough times we had nothing to do with. And it feels like we're being cut back. And we did so much to find progress, but we keep getting cut back or cut short. And all it is is a pruning process because God has intended for you to produce good things in your life. And you have the power in your mouth and in your spirit to make these good things happen. Last thing I'll share with you. How do you know you're bearing good fruit? Or good things. Galatians 5, 22 and 23, we know this is the fruit of the Spirit. But, by the, fruit, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. What that means is there's no religion, there's no thought, there's no construct that can break you down if you operate by those things. I encourage you, practice producing good things. I'm going to leave you with five takeaways concerning good things. You can write these down and you can take them with you. Number one, you have the power to decide to have and then produce good things in your life. You have the power to do it. That power is in your mouth. Speak good things. Let go of the negative things. Number two, gravitate towards the good things of life. Avoid negative thoughts. Avoid negative people. Avoid negative feelings. Practice positive thinking. Go back to Philippians 4.8 and make that a part of your life. Gravitate towards the good things of life. Number three, keep inventory of your treasure. What are you storing up in your heart? What you are storing up in your heart will ultimately flow out of your life. What you are storing in your heart, in your mind, in your thoughts, in your feelings, is ultimately what will flow out of your life. Number four. Uproot the weeds of bitterness, uproot the weeds of unforgiveness, uproot the weeds of disappointment. Replace them with joy. Here's a word, replace them with mercy. Replace them with determination. Amen? Lastly, integrate the fruit of the Spirit into your relationships, your decisions, and your perspective. It is important that we don't look at these things like Galatians where it gives us the fruit of the Spirit, and we just look at them as cool character traits that we try to adopt into our life. The way it becomes a part of you is when you integrate it into things that you're actively involved in, like a relationship. Practice long-suffering when you shouldn't. Practice mercy. Practice kindness. Practice these things, and it will produce a life of good things. We're about to step into a series about the blessing, and the blessing is predicated on your choices. And it's important that we come to a place of awareness to know, yeah, God redeemed me. God did a good work. And I am blessed, but I am also responsible for the good things that come up out of my life. Dear Heavenly Father, I love you this evening. I thank you for this time in your word, this time in your house. You're such a good God. God, I thank you that you're so good that when we're horrible, you're still good to us. When we make the worst mistakes, you're right there with us. When we find ourselves in dark seasons, you're holding our hand. God, when we feel like we're all alone, you never leave us, you never forsake us. 
I thank you that when our in our greatest victories, you're standing right there because you're the one that gave it to us. I thank you that you took the time to think about us. Think about us enough to create us. Think about us enough to speak our name, Josh. Whatever your name is, God spoke it to make you. I thank you that you love us like that. God, help us to come to a good understanding that we can produce a good life full of good things. And we have that power and that creativity in us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.